merchant strong too it was translated from the name of the merchant which is dantila so there is a city called growing city or bardaman on the earth's surface in it lived a merchant named dantila who directed the whole administration so long as he handled city business and royal business all the inhabitants were satisfied why spin it out nobody ever saw or heard of his like for cleverness for there is much wisdom in the proverb suppose he minds the king's affairs the common people hate him and if he plays the democrat the prince will exrate him so since the struggling interests are wholly contradictory a manager is hard to find who gives them both the victory while he occupied this position he once had a daughter married to the wedding he invited all the towns people and kings and raj paid them much honor feasted them and regaled them with gift of garments and the like and when the wedding was over he conducted the king home with his ladies and showed him reverence now the king had a house cleaning drudge named bull who took a seat that did not belong to him this in the very palace and in the presence of king's professor so dantila administered cuffing and drove him out from that moment the humiliation so rankled in bull's inner soul that he had no rest even at night yet he thought after all why should i grow thin it does me no good for i cannot possibly hurt him and there is a sense in the saying indulge no angry shameless wish to hurt unless you can and the chickpea hopping up and down will crack no frying pan now one morning as he was sweeping near the bed where king lay half away he said what impudence dantila kisses the queen when king heard this he jumped up in a hurry crying come come bull is that thing true that you were muttering has the queen been kissed by dantila o king answered bull i was awake all night because i'm passionately fond of gambling so sleep overpowered me even when i was busy with my sweeping i do not know what i said but the jealous king thought yes he has free entrance to my palace so has dantila perhaps he actually saw the fellow hugging the queen for the proverb says whatever a man desires sees does in broad daylight still mindful he will say so or do asleep at night and again whatever secrets good or ill men in their bosoms keep are soon betrayed when they are drunk or talking in their sleep in any case what doubt can there be where a woman is concerned with once he tries the gossip's art her glances with a second flirt she holds another in her heart whom does she love enough to hurt and again the logs will glut the hungry fire the rivers glut the sea's desire and death with life be glutted when the flirt has enough of man no chance no corner dark no man to woo then holy sage you find a woman true and once again the blunder head who thinks my love loves me is ever in her power a tame bird he 
After all this lamentation, he withdrew his favor forthwith from Dantela. Now, to make a long story of it, he forbade his entrance at the court. When Dantila saw that monarch's favor was suddenly withdrawn, he thought, Ah, me! There is a wisdom in the stanza. Whom does not fortune render proud? Whom does not death lay low? To what row do passions not bring never ceasing woe? What beggar can be dignified whose heart no woman stings? Who trapped by scams comes safely off who is beloved of king? And again, Whoever saw or heard Campbell's truthful word, a neat and cleanly crow, a woman going slow, in love a kindly snake, a eunuch's pluck awake, a drunkard's love of science, a king's in friends alliance. And yet I never committed an unfriendly act against the king or anyone else, not even in a dream, not even by mere words. So why does the king withdraw his favor from me? Now one day, Bull, the sweeper, saw Dantila stopped at palace gate and he laughed aloud, saying to the doorkeepers, Be careful, doorkeepers, this fellow Dantila's temper has been spoiled by king's favor and he dispenses arrests and releases. If you stop him, you will get a cuffing just like me. And Dantila reflected on hearing this, I see, it was Bull's doing. Well, there is a sense in the proverb. Though foolish, base, and lacking pride, a servant at monarch's side will have his honor satisfied. Though fashioned on cowardly plan, and mean a royal servant can, recent affronts from any man. After this lamentation, he went home, abashed and deeply stirred. Then he summoned Bull in the evening, gave him two garments as an honorable present, and said, My good fellow, I did not drive you out by order of the king. It was because I saw you in the chaplain's presence, sitting where you did not belong, that I humiliated you. Now Bull received the two garments as if they were kingdom of heaven, and feeling intense satisfaction, he said, Friend merchant, I forgive you. You will soon see the reward of the honor shown me in the king's favor and such things. With this, he departed in high glee, for there is a wisdom in the saying, a little thing will lift him high, a little make him fall. Twixt balance beam and scamp there is no difference at all. On the next day, Bull entered the palace and did his sweeping. And while the king lay half awake, he said, What intelligence when our king sits on a tool, he eats a cucumber. Now the king hearing this rose in amazement and said, Come, come, Bull, what twaddle is this? But I remember that you were a house servant and do not kill you. Did you ever see me engage in that occupation? O king, said Bull, I was awake all night because I am passionately fond of gambling. So drowsing overcame me in the very act of my sweeping. I do not know what I was muttering. Pardon me, master, I was really asleep. Then the king thought, why from the day of my birth I never ate cucumber while engaged in that occupation? And since this blockhead has talked about unimaginable nonsense about me, it must be the same with Dantila. This being so, I made a mistake in taking the poor man's honor from him. Nothing of the sort is conceivable with such men. And in his absence, all the king's business and city business is at loose ends. After thus considering the matter from every point of view, he summoned Dantila, presented him with gems from his own person and with garments and reinstated him. 
And that is why I say whoever is too haughty to pay King's retainers honor due and the rest of it. My dear fellow, said Lively, your argument is quite convincing. Let it be as you say. After this, Victor took him to Rusty and said, O King, here is Lively. I have brought him hither. The future rests with the King. The Lively bowed respectfully and stood before the King in a modest attitude. Thereupon Rusty extended him a right paw, plump, firm, massive, adorned with clothes as formidable as thunderball, and said with deference, Do you enjoy health? Why do you dwell in this wild wood? This question lively related accurately his separation from merchant uh, Vardaman and the others. And Rusty, after listening to the story, said, Have no fear, comrade. Protected by my paws, lead your own life in this forest. Furthermore, you must always take your amusements in my vicinity. For this forest has many drawbacks since it swarms with the numerous savage creatures. And Lively made answer, Very well, O king. Then the king of beasts went down to the bank of Jamuna, drank and bathed his fill, and plunged into the forest wherever inclination led him. Thus the time passed, the mutual affection of two increasing daily. Now Lively had assimilated solid intelligence by mastering numerous authoritative works so that in a very few days he planted discernment in Rusty, dull as was his mind. He weaned him from the forest habits, taught him village manners. Why spin it out? Lively and Rusty did nothing but hold secret confabulations every day. This being so, all the other animals of the retinue were kept at distance. And as for two jackals, they did not even have the entree. More than that, as soon as they lacked the lion's prowess, the whole company of animals, not excluding the two jackals, suffered grievously from hunger and huddled together. And as the proverb puts it, a king, though proud and pure of birth, will see his servants flee, a court where no rewards are won, as birds of withered tree. And again, they may be honored, gentlemen, they may devoted be, yet servants leave a monarch who forgets the salary. While on the other hand, a king may scold, yet servants hold, if he but pay upon the day. Indeed, all the creatures in this world adopting cajolery or one of the three devices live by eating one another. For example, some eat the countries, these are the kings. The doctors, those whom sickness stings, the merchants, those who buy their things, and learned men, the fools. The married are the clergy's meat, the thieves devour the indiscreet, the flirts their eager lovers eat, and labor eats us all. They keep sightful snares in play, they lie in wait by night and day, and when the occasion offers, prey like fish or on lesser fish. Now Cheek and Victor, robbed of their master's favor, took counsel together, for their throats were pinched with hunger. And Victor said, Cheek, my noble friend, we too seem to have lost our job. For Rusty takes such delight in Lively's conversation that he neglects his business, and the whole court is scattered every which way. What is to be done? And Cheek replied, Even if the master does not take your advice, Still, you should admonish him to correct his force, for the proverbs say, 
good counselor should warn a king, although he has no heed, as Vidur warned the monarch blind to cease from evil deed. Again, good counselors or drivers may not duck from kings or elephants that run amok. Besides introducing this grass nibbler to the master, you are handling live coals. And Victor answered, you are right, the fault is mine, not the master's. As the saying goes, the jackal at the ram fight, and we, when tricked by June, the meddling friend were playing a self-defeating tune. How was that? asked Cheek, and Victor told three stories in one.